Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I want to welcome you to Believer's Church, guys. Um, I remember the first time I tapped into the power of a dream. It was the most amazing thing. I was a senior in high school, and I, I had all these dreams to be, you know, great college football player and then a pro. And then once I played, I realized I wasn't even small college material. But then I had this, I had this uh, career-ending injury the last game of my junior year, so I had to find something else. And I began to follow this thing called bodybuilding. This is before no, anyone knew about it. This is 1976, so this is no cable TV, no internet, of course. And you had to read these muscle magazines. So I would read these muscle magazines. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't famous yet. He was, he was in the muscle magazines, but not famous, um, not an actor yet. And um, not that he ever was an actor. But <laughs> he did do some incredible movies, though. All right. So, so I'm reading these muscle magazines. And this dream came into me because in the magazines, there was a gym on the West Coast called Gold's Gym. Now, this is before they franchised. Nobody knew about them. And um, I thought, I want to I open a Gold's Gym here in the Mahoning Valley. I'll call it something different, but I want to open something like it. And so we had this opportunity to go out west. My dad took all of us out my senior year of high school to visit his, his sister and brother and uh, brother-in-law. And so we're out there, and Tony and I, my brother Tony, uh, we went to see Gold's Gym. And we're at Venice Beach, the very famous Muscle Beach. And we worked out there, and then we, we hung out with the owner, and we asked him tons of questions, you know, where did you buy your equipment, how much do you charge for memberships, what's your ROI, and we're just asking question after question, and I'm writing everything down, so I go back to my aunt and uncle's house, and my mom and dad are there, and I looked at them, and I said, I know what I'm doing after school. Right after I graduate from high school, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a gym right here in the Mahoning Valley. My mom and dad were really upset. You need to go to college. I said, no, no, I don't. I'm going to open a gym. And my uncle looked at me and said, Joe, he's a businessman. He said, you're not going to find a bank anywhere in the world to finance this dream of yours. And I said, it's going to happen. We're going to do it. And by the end of the week, my uncle said, why don't you, after high school, move out here. I, I'm ready to retire soon. Take over my business. I'll be the bank. I'll sell it to you. And I said, uncle can't do that. I have, to, I, have to, I have to fulfill this dream. So he made us an offer. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll write you a check. I'll finance the whole thing. I'll give you a personal loan. No interest. And uh, he said, you can begin to pay me back once you're up on your feet. I don't need pay back quick. And he wrote us this check. So I came back here and I'm still in high school. It was really hard to finish high school. At. And, and, uh, and, and so I'm dreaming and we're looking for buildings. And we found this building in Boardman and uh, right across from the Southern Park Mall. And so we signed a lease, man. It was crazy just signing a lease. And, and then uh, we, had to, we had to build it out. So we built the building out. And then we're looking for equipment. I remember the day buying the equipment and it comes and it's set up. And I'd go to bed at night. It was so hard to sleep because first time I ever tapped into the power of a dream, I'd wake up and that's all I could think of. I'd sit in school and that's all I'd think of in school. And, and, and I'm just excited about it. I'll never forget the day when the doors opened and people began to come in. We called it the Still Valley Barbell Club. And I had never experienced a dream until that moment. And this series is titled Pioneer. And if you're visiting, welcome, welcome today to Pioneer. This is lesson two. And uh, 
I, I have a goal for today's lesson. Here's my goal, all right? I want you to walk out understanding this truth more clearly than you've ever understood this specific truth. Dreams empower dreamers. And uh, there's a power that comes with a dream. And uh, whether it's your personal dream, because I want to help you fulfill your personal dreams. And as you, as you sit here, I think all of us should have personal dreams. And you might say, well, Pastor Joe, I'm retired. You know, I'm past that age. But listen, you should have a dream for your family, for your kids, for your grandkids, for your great-grandkids. All of us should have dreams. There's so many of you here, God's dealing with you to start a business, to step out here, start, step out there, to expand. Whatever it might be, whatever your dream is, you know, college, uh, further education, whatever it is, you should have a dream. And when you do, dreams empower dreamers. They'll, it'll give you power when you tap into it. But you know what this is also about? It's about you and I tapping in and helping God with his dream. It's the greatest dream in all the universe. So many of you here have already tapped into that. It, it empowers you. It's the greatest dream in all the universe. Do you know that God wants everyone in the world to hear about Jesus and come to know him, accept him, and then follow him with a passion? And on top of all that, he wants all of us that accept Jesus to develop a relationship with the God of the universe. That's, that's the dream of God. Do you know what he uses to bring that to pass? local churches. He gives all of us assignments, and those assignments are for us to help God do what God's desires to do, bring people to know Jesus. So believers, we've been doing that here for this August will be 33 years, man, and we have seen tens of thousands of people accept Christ, thousands upon thousands be water baptized, and guess what, guys? We're just starting because God's giving us more assignments and bigger visions as a church, and we're going to go after those things together because dreams empower dreamers. Um, yesterday after prayer, I met with a local pastor. Uh, we met about 1030 yesterday and, you know, about a, a year and a half ago, he was ready to step out of the ministry. He was going, going to quit the ministry and uh, his church wasn't growing. It was dying. And, and so he came to a pastor's conference we had here and, and I had already known him. And, and I just talked to him about, you know, going to God, finding a dream, find a vision and, and let God speak to your heart about what he wants you to do. So he comes in, and he's, 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 he just begins to tell me what God's put in his heart. And he shared this vision slash dream. It was so incredible. I was sitting there with a big smile on my face. And he went 10, 15 minutes, and then he said, what do you think? And I said, I said, I'm ready to retire and just help you. I said, your dream is so cool, and it's so good. And we talked a little bit about it. And and all I know is when I sat and listened to him, his dream empowered me. Dreams empower dreamers. And I'm going to show you how to take the power up today. You see some half barrels here. And before I close out, I'm going to show you how to stake your claim. You know, early pioneers, they did something. They, they staked the, their claim for land. And I'm going to show you how you can stake your claim before you have your dream in your hand and how you can pull that power up. And I'll show you that before we leave here today. But God's given us vision as a church, and one we've been talking about for a while, but we've put a, we put a hard date on it. It's the Believer's Church uh, Boardman Campus, and you can see Easter of 2017, we're, we're going to open up that campus. And in order to do that, man, uh, we're going to need lots more volunteers than we have now at the church. We're going to need people to help us do that. But here's what we want to do. We want to take what God's done here, and we want to duplicate it there, because we're, we're seeing 
This year we'll get close to 1,000 people accepting Christ within our four walls, and we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully hit 500 being water baptized. Guys, is that something we can just take a moment and celebrate and say, thank you, Jesus? That's amazing. That's amazing. Now think about doing that in Boardman. That's absolutely amazing what God's going to be able to do. Hey, we have another, an, another vision that God's given us, and that's what I call the off-site traditional campus. And, and here's, here's this dream. You know, as a church, one of our core values is we build bridges, not barriers. So what, what our main assignment is as, as a church is what you've just experienced, our worship service, what you're experiencing now. Um, you don't see any stained glass. You don't see any pews. Because God's called us to reach uh, and be relevant to the culture that exists today. So we, we have done that, and we will continue to do that. But a couple years ago, I began to pray because we're a barrier to some people because they like pews and they like stained glass and they like traditional music. And, and it bugs me because I feel that, that I have a message that can turn their life around if, if, I, if they, I could get them to listen, but they won't come in. And, and, and so I've been praying for them, and God gave me an idea. And here's the idea. Why not find a traditional church in Trumbull County? Let's, pay, let's rent it for three hours a week. And we'll go in and have pews, stained glass, but then we'll do traditional music, and I'll, I'll have the opportunity to preach. I'll go and preach live. I'll either do it at 4 o'clock Saturday or 8 o'clock Sunday, depending on what, what church we find and what they allow us to do, and, and uh, encourage you not to worry about me. Um, I'm not in great shape in some ways, but when it comes to preaching, I'm in, in Olympic shape for preaching, guys. <laughs> I, I preach my messages every morning. I wake up Monday and read it. Tuesday morning, I preach this message. Wednesday morning, early in the morning, I preach this message. Thursday morning, I preach this message. Friday morning, I preach this message. Yesterday, I preached it twice. And I could go preach it again. I told Gina Thursday, I said, I wish we had a service tonight. That would be, that would be I'm just ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to go. So this is something I, it energizes me. It doesn't uh, take away. So I'll be fine. I just want you to know that. But um, I think of this traditional um, church, and I think of the people we'll be able to reach. But then I think of the people that are sitting out here that are going to help us. There are some of you, you listen to our worship and you love it, but you think, you know what? Uh, I, I play traditional, and you know who you are. I play traditional style, so, so I, don't, I don't fit. And others, you listen and you think, oh, those singers were great today, but I sing traditional style. Well, guess what? In the traditional church, we're going to need uh, those different styles. So... Uh, we're going we're gonna to pull in a whole group of people that maybe have been sitting here saying, I don't know where to, where to plant myself. And so I'm really excited about this. And what I want to talk about today is how dreams empower dreamers. You know, when I think of the early pioneers, you know, it, it's amazing when I think about these guys. You know, they knew that maybe only, uh, uh, you know, whatever, 20, 30 percent of them were going to make it. <laughs> they knew a lot of them would die. They knew the terrain was terrible that they had to go over. They knew there were Indians. They knew there was disease. They knew if they were caught in winter, they were in really big trouble. And all their friends said, don't go. This is really a mistake. But dreams empower dreamers. And they were just empowered by their dream. Here, here's, here's, here was their dream. You know what they dreamed about? They dreamed about free land. That was one thing. You know, the government gave them free land. And that's absolutely amazing when you think about how the government gave them free land. Sometimes they would charge them up to $2 an acre, 
but uh, uh, that's pretty cheap too. And then also uh, the government, uh, or, or they had the opportunity of gold. You know, there's gold in them, their hills. So they're thinking, if I find some gold, I could be a billionaire. And that's like, wow. And then pelts, you know, they're thinking of the millions of new beavers out there waiting to be your code or whatever. This, th this is before synthetic material was invented, so shoes, and, and there's just huge profit there. But then they're also thinking of a better lifestyle. The East Coast was becoming congested, and uh, there were businesses everywhere, but, you know, they, a lot of people thought, I can't start a business. This always already exists. This already exists. So they're thinking, I can start a business. I can have free land. Might strike gold. Whatever it is, those dreams empowered them. I just want to ask you, what's your personal dreams? What's empowering you? Tap into it. Go after it. And I know sometimes we have dreams that never come to pass or maybe never should come to pass. But you walk through the process, you'll figure out which one's which. But I think we should all have a dream out there. But man, the dream of God when you connect with it. I love seeing our volunteers in the lobbies and sometimes I'll see them during the week. And I always thank them. I say, thank you so much for volunteering. And I always get this back from them. They say, no, thank you. And I go, no, I'm thanking you. You can't thank me, I'm thanking you. Thank you. And they say, no, you don't understand. I can't wait to get here. This is exciting to be here. This blesses my life. This gives me purpose. And if you haven't plugged in, dreams in power, dreamers. It's so exciting to be part of something God is doing. Now, here's a story for you. I love secular stories. Um, all of us have heard of Jim Carrey, right? And, and Jim Carrey, very famous now, but there was a time when he wasn't. Do you know he had to drop out of school when he was 15? Think about that. Uh, his family was so poor, he had to drop out of school and work to throw money into the till. And the first time he did stand-up comedy, they booed him off the stage. That's how bad it was. And then Saturday Night Live, he auditioned for them. I think he would have been the best guy ever. They rejected him. And so here he is with all these rejections, all these failures. So he said this in an interview on TV. He said he wrote himself a $10 million check because he wanted to quit. And of course, it was out of his checking. There was no money in there. But he, but he put Jim Carrey, $10 million, and he signed it. And in the memo, he, he put for acting services rendered. And he placed that in his wallet. And, and he just wanted to keep the dream in front of him. And every time he went in and he had a couple ones in there, he would see $10 million check to, to Jim Carrey. And he had that in there for seven years before it broke. And then he did this movie. I love action movies, but there's some comedies I like. And it's one of my favorite all-time comedies. Uh, and it's called Dumb and Dumber. And uh, he's a physical comedian. It's hilarious. But do you know that from that movie, his first check was $10 million? And he got to throw the fake one out, and he cashed the real one. And what empowered him that entire time? Dreams empower dreamers. I believe God has a dream for this valley, guys. And there's a, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that I want to read to you. It's a pretty cool scripture. And uh, it's out of Deuteronomy. And it reads like this. Let me get to it. Deuteronomy 123, it says this. This seemed like a good idea to me, Moses. So I chose 12 scouts, one from each of your tribes. Some translations say spies. They headed for the hill country and came to the valley of Eshkol and explored it. 
they picked some of its fruit and brought it back to us. And they reported, the land the Lord our God has given us is indeed a good land. Now, there's truth in here. We can go lots of directions. But, you know, this is a vision series. And in case you've never sat in a vision series, one of the hearts, the heart of God for this series is for you to catch something. He, he wants you to catch the pioneering spirit, and he wants you to catch the power of a dream. And so my goal is to help you catch it. And when I read this scripture, I see something that reminds me of our valley. Uh, valleys have fruit in them. And they found this incredible fruit in Eshkol, and they brought the fruit back, and they saw this fruit and how incredible it was. And I think of our valley, I think of some of the names people give our valley. You know, of course, they call us the Rust Belt. We're part of the Rust Belt. And, and uh, uh, they, they, you know, they, they call Cleveland the mistake on the lake, you know. And they, they, I've, I, people have told me this is the armpit of, of America, you know, and things like that because the economy, you know, isn't that strong and some things like that. And that angers me because I know how awesome this place is and I know it's going to keep getting better. But, but here's what's really exciting about this place, Mahoning Valley the fruit that's here, the people fruit. And there's fruit all over, guys, and it's so ripe, and there's traditional fruit that's ripe, and God's waiting for us to go reap it, and there's fruit in Boardman, God's waiting for us to go reap. Um, I'll tell you another grocery shopping story. I do our grocery shopping, and um, I've been going far away to do it, and so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, about 30 miles from here, just wanting to see who's out there fruit-wise. And I'm walking into a store, and uh, the entrance is here, the exit's here, and the registers are here. And as I'm walking in to shop, I hear a lady, she's right, she's at the, at the counter, and her, her items are being rung up, and she screams, Pastor Joe! And it's really loud, and, and, and I'm a pretty quiet guy and personal, uh, you know, kind of inward guy, and, and uh, she comes running. She leaves her groceries in the, in the cashier. She jumps over a barrier. She goes, Pastor Joe, Pastor Joe, I can't believe I'm meeting you. And then she grabs a lady walking in, and she says to the lady, she gives her her phone. She says, take a picture of Pastor Joe and me. And so the lady goes, Pastor Joe. And, and so she takes a picture, and then, then uh, the cashier screaming, hey, hey, it's time to pay. It's time to pay. So she jumps back over, and I walk into the store. Now, here's why I share those stories. There's fruit everywhere, man. It's too far for her. She won't drive here. It's too far. But God's sending us there to her. He's going to send us to Boardman. He's going to send us to other places after that. He's having us do the traditional service. And my heart is for you to get excited about helping us do that because I remember a minister I had in Bible school, he said this to me. He said, the most miserable people on planet Earth are Christians. And he had more to add. And I thought, he's got to be wrong because I would think it's non-Christians. He said, the most miserable people on planet Earth are Christians who are not connected with Jesus. They disconnect. He said, they're the most miserable people on the planet. You know, I've pastored here now for 33 years in August to be 33 years, and he's, he was right. I didn't believe him at the time. But there's a joy, there's an excitement that happens when you plug into the vision of God. And as a Christian, if you unplug, you, you know, you'll become cynical and, and uh, you'll begin to say, I'm not getting anything out of God. But boy, you plug in and it's amazing what happens. And some of you, 
God wants to energize your walk with him. There's this pastor in Washington, D.C. Um, he, he's an incredible guy, and uh, he pastors National City Church in Washington, D.C. And um, Washington, D.C. is very unique in that there's very little real estate available for, for anybody, and then if it is, it's really super-duper expensive. So their church, they have, I think, five or six campuses. They, they meet in theaters, and they, they, they work within that realm. It's a huge church, but he saw this building. Um, it, it was an empty building. It was in a, a, a very bad part of town. Nobody was going in and out of that area in town. And God gave him a dream to, change, to turn that into a coffee shop. Think about that, a coffee shop. So he, his church bought it, and they named it Ebenezer's, and, and they, they redid it. And do you know that whole part of town is, is revitalized now? There's condos there and people are living there. And his coffee shop has been voted uh, the number one coffee shop in Washington, D.C., year after year, beating Starbucks and all the others. And it's an amazing place. He uses it for his office because he doesn't have a building. Uh, they're, they're in theaters, but it gets him interacting with people. So it's not just for his church. The whole community goes to Ebenezer's. And Mark Batterson, that pastor, he said this, God is insulted by small dreams. And I heard him say that one day, and you think of the guy that's saying it. You think of all the people that told him, there's no way you can get a coffee shop there. But I really think God drops some dreams in us sometimes that are big. And, and sometimes we, we dismiss it like, well, that's too much for me. No, man, God can use you if you decide to be used and God gives us personal dreams that he, he'll help you fulfill those dreams. So I want to talk about helping you stake your claim, all right? You know, the early pioneers, they would get to the land they wanted, and they'd put a stake in there, and they'd stake their claim, and they would say, this is mine. And the government used to work it this way. They'd have this huge barrier put up, and they'd tell people, Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., uh, we're going to pull the barrier down, and you can go stake your claim. So people did what we do today. They would line up, and they'd sleep they'd sleep right at the barrier so they could be the first one. They'd sleep for days and just wait for that barrier to come down. It's kind of like today when the new iPhones come out. You see people sleeping in front of, in front of Apple or, uh, you know, on, on, on Black Friday, 60-inch uh, TV screens are going to be 300 bucks. People will sleep outside that store. They'll camp out for days. And that's what people did. You know, those people were called Sooners. And, of course, this first happened in Oklahoma. That's why we say the Oklahoma Sooners. And these people were cool people. They, they went out there, they made it, and now they want to stake their claim, but they were doing it legally. But there was another group of people. They were called moonshiners. And uh, not the moonshiners you're thinking of. That came later. They, they, that, that word morphed over time. Um, so we're not talking about Kentucky and Tennessee and the southern uh, hills of Ohio where they make illegal, illegal liquor. Uh, these moonshiners were totally different. Here's why they had their name. The barrier was up. At night, under the light of the moon, they would sneak by the barrier. They would go to the land that they wanted with their stake. And then when the government opened it, everybody's going as fast as they can to get there. And somebody thinks, no one's here, I got it. And then they'd pop up and they'd stake their claim. And they would steal claims from the Sooners. But they did it illegally. Now, of course, God doesn't want us to be moonshiners. But I, I do think it's important for you and I to note there is a moonshiner we call him our enemy, the devil. And you know what he likes to do? He likes to steal dreams. 
And he's just like those moonshiners. You have this dream for something God's placed in your heart, and he wants to steal it away from you. And there's something you and I can do to keep that dream alive and keep that power, because dreams empower dreamers, keep that power growing and increasing on the inside of us for the dream. But if we don't do what I'm about to talk about, the moonshiner himself, he'll steal that dream out of our hearts by just putting all kind of doubt and unbelief into us. So there's another image in the Bible. This is a really cool image. The children of Israel, they're ready to go into the promised land, the land of Canaan. God promised them this entire land. But they have to do battle and, and, and conquer cities in order to take it. So they cross the Jordan River. That means they're in the land of promise. And guess what? The first city that's in front of them is Jericho. And wouldn't you know it, it's not an average city. This city has a wall, and it's a huge wall. It's big, bigger than Donald Trump's going to build down in, in Mexico. It, it was huge. It had condos in the wall, guy. Condos were in it. And, and uh, prime property, because if you lived in the condo, you could see the Jordan River. Huge, huge. And they say it was so big. Here's what historians tell us and archaeologists. They say it was so big that they had chariot races on the top of the wall. They would race around there with chariots and have races. So here's Israel. They had a really powerful army. Uh, they could have taken these guys, but they couldn't get to them. They were behind the wall. And so they don't have missiles and tanks like we do today. So God gave them instructions, and I really believe they're the same instructions he wants us to use today. When we have a barrier in front of us, when, when we have the moonshiner trying to steal a dream, when it seems like the dream's taking too long to come to pass, God wants you to do what he had them do. So God said, take the army, stretch it out, have the army walk around the city once a day for six days. On the seventh day, walk around the city uh, seven times. But he, he gave them further instructions. He said, I want the army to be led by the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark was carried with two poles and then four priests, two in the front, two in the back, they carried the Ark. The Ark is a picture in the Bible of God's manifested presence. It's just God showing up and, and God helping, God doing his thing. And so when we worship uh, that happens, and you feel that energy in the room. Uh, but God went a step further. He wanted us to see two things. He said, in front of the ark, I want seven priests marching. And priests have two ministries, and you're called a priest unto God as a Christian. Uh, one is worship, which we did today at the beginning of service, and the other is prayer. And, and those seven priests, seven's the number of completion and per, uh, perfection in the Bible. And God said, I want seven priests leading. That's, that's telling us prayer. Prayer prayer is very important. So we call them today, you'll hear people say Jericho walks. So I don't want to scare you. You don't have to, uh, you know, go walk in front of everybody and do circles and pray and freak people out, all right? But, but, but think about this, guys. Think about it. They walked around there the first day. And oh, by the way, God gave them another instruction. He said, no one's allowed to talk. And I know why God did that. Can you imagine walking around that huge wall and, and you're looking at it? If I was a soldier, I think I'd, you know, you'd start to say, how, how, there's no way to penetrate this wall. This wall's way too big. And you'd begin to steal the dream. The, the dream stealer would take it from you because you would talk yourself out of it. God said, no one's allowed to talk. So one day, and those priests are type of praying, two days, three days, six days. The seventh day, God said, circle it seven times, and then when you're done, I want you to shout. So seven times, and then they shouted. And here's what historians, archaeologists tell us. 
They say the wall wasn't pushed. They, they found the wall. They dug it up. They say it wasn't pushed. They say it was like this huge hand came out of heaven and it just was pushed into the ground. I think that's amazing. God took the barrier out and they went in and they conquered that army. And here's what I'm encouraging you to do. I'm encouraging you to stake your claim before you have your dream by praying over it, just praying. And I want to give you four things I, I'd like to have you guys praying for. Now, the first one, um, it's for you. It's your dreams. Whatever they are, begin to pray over them. Whatever those dreams are. You know, when our kids were young, one of my dreams for my kids was that they would just love Jesus with all their hearts, that they'd be in love with Jesus. And um, I didn't care if they were ministers or not. I didn't care if they did what I did. I just wanted them to do what God wanted them to do. And so I would go in their rooms usually once a week, and, and I knew Gina was praying for them too. But I would just walk in their rooms at night when they were sleeping, and I would pray things like this, Lord, whatever your will is for Joe and Dave, Lord, let it come to pass. Lord, place it in their hearts. Lord, whatever your will is for Michelle and Deanna, let it burn inside their hearts, Lord. And I might have slipped this prayer in once. And Lord, make one of my kids a billionaire so they can take care of Gina and I when we're old. I, no, no, I didn't pray that, but I was tempted. I was tempted. But can you see, I just wanted whatever God created them for, but I also wanted them just to be in love with Jesus like I'm in love with Jesus and just, just serve him and hook up with his dream. And God's brought that to pass. And whatever your dreams are, business, whatever it is, just, just pray over your dreams. Here's the second thing I want to ask you to pray over, guys. And, and uh, it's, it's for B.C. Boardman. And, uh, you know, Easter of next year. Right now we're looking for buildings, guys. And uh, Pastor Graham, who's going to be the campus pastor in Boardman, he had coffee with one of my friends over there who pastors. And he's getting to know... Uh, my friend, and uh, so my friend was telling him, who, and he pastors in Bourbon, he said, um, we told him the area we're looking to find a building, and he said, they wouldn't rent to me, and I have another friend here, a pastor friend, they, they, don't, they, won't, they don't want churches in that area of town, and uh, so Graham was telling me that just yes, uh, Friday, and uh, so I said, well, that, that's all the more, we'll pray, right? We'll just pray our hearts out for that, and, and just pray and pray and pray and pray and let God do what only God can do. So can I ask you uh, over the next months when you pray, can you pray for the Believer's Church, for God to give us favor, for God to open up a door for the right building and for God to do everything else that needs to be done? And then the third one would be the BC traditional campus and just begin to pray for the right building there, for a church to say, hey, we'll lease the building to you, for God to open all the doors, for all the volunteers we need for these different areas. Let me tell you a quick story here. This is an amazing story. When I was in Bible school getting ready to graduate, um, I knew I was coming back here to start Believers, and, and I didn't have a clue. No matter what Bible school you go to, we, I went to a great Bible school, but it doesn't matter. Wherever you go, they're not going to teach you how to plan a church. You, 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 I didn't know anything. And I, th I did know one thing because my Bible school taught me how to pray. So I had a friend, his name was Paul. And I asked Paul, I said, hey, I want to take a week and just pray over the church. Gina had already, we graduated. Gina already went back to Chicago. And I was staying there 
just, just, I had a good job. I thought, let me work a couple more months before I come back here. And um, so I asked Paul, I said, could you come over my house seven days in a row? I want to pray seven days for three hours every night. Would you come pray with me? I needed someone to help me pray that long. And Paul said, yeah. So we just prayed for seven days, three hours. And I'm going to tell you something. I came back here and it's like everywhere I turned, a door opened. It was just amazing. Everything just clicked. And we were like two years old and we had like 250 people. And back then that would have been a huge number. And everything was going great. And I had pastor friends around the country. They said, give me your secret. What did you do? So I would tell them things like this. I'd say, well, guys, I was so dumb. I made every mistake that ever could be made. I said, I didn't do anything right. And it worked. But let me tell you why I think it worked. There was one thing I knew to do, I prayed. And I'm telling you guys, it's powerful. Pray over your dreams. Help us pray over these. Now, this next thing I'm going to put up here, number four, I'm going to ask you to take time and pray this really hard and really strong over the next two weeks because two weeks from today, this lesson, like I'll, I'll be here next week. It's Memorial Day weekend, but I'll be here. I'm going to teach lesson number three. But then two weeks from the day, the last lesson it is, it is um, it's a big day here at Believers. And here's what I'm believing for. And if you could take the next two weeks and really pray heavy over it, I am believing, guys, for 150 new volunteers here at Believers Church. 150. I'm believing God to place people's, in people's hearts a desire to volunteer. And understand, some of our volunteers are going to shift and they're going to help us in Boardman. They're going to help us with traditional uh, so we're going to have to fill those gaps. And we're going to need every, every position you can think of. We need more singers for this church, uh, for Boardman Church. We need more musicians. Um, we're going to need people everywhere, tech, everywhere you can think. All of our, our, our guest services, we're going to need people everywhere. And I'm believing God for 150 new volunteers to sign up two weeks from today. And I want to ask you, would you pray over the next two weeks and ask God whatever his will is to place it in people's hearts. Can you do that with me? And I want you to do one other thing, guys. I want you to pray and say, God, what's my place? God, what do you want me to do? Can we close our eyes, bow our heads? I just want to go into a moment of, of just time before God. And Lord, as we, we, we pray, I know already you've begun to deal with people's hearts. You're, they're excited, Lord. We're excited. But we thank you, Lord, for stirring up 150 people to say, I'm going to become a volunteer here at Believers. I'm going to help. And Lord, some of them may not even know where to help, but they're, they're going to say, I'll just help. You tell me what to do. And others are going to be specific, Lord. But guys, as you sit here, I want to ask you to do what I've done my whole life. You know, Jesus did this. When he was in the garden just before he was crucified, he was really dealing with it. And he said, Lord, not my will, your will be done. Could you just have that attitude and just say, Lord, whatever you want, put it in my heart. Wherever I belong, put it in my heart. And I know you're excited because it's like, God, I get to help you. Yes, yes, that's awesome. So just pray and have that attitude before God. And let's stay in an attitude of prayer heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You know, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to give God a, make God really excited today. I'm really ready to connect with him. That's his dream. I'm ready. I'm ready to connect.
I'm ready to give God my heart. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen very carefully, guys. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. Uh, I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal and you said, Jesus, I believe in you and I make a decision today to follow you? See, living in America, you could go to a Christian church your whole life and never do that. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I, 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 don't, I, I have never been connected with God. It doesn't matter who you are, but you say, I'm ready today to connect. If you're here and you say that to me, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else, can you help them pray and just say this after me? Say, Lord God, I, I know I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. I believe you died for me. God raised you up out of that grave. And this day, I give you my heart. I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.